Hello and welcome to the Positive Choices Podcast, where we give you brain-based strategies to help children make positive choices, solve social problems, regulate strong feelings, and thrive. I'm Lindsay Keeley, a social and emotional learning specialist and your host. Are you feeling anxious, stressed, or even a little depressed? What about difficulty sleeping or a general lack of motivation? Well, you can do something every day, starting right now, to help yourself lower these symptoms and live a happier and healthier life. And you can teach this simple strategy to your children or students. And it all starts with a simple thank you. Let's get started. Hi there. Thanks so much for joining me today. In our episode last week, we talked about time and how valuable it is and things we can do to really focus on the things that matter to us. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule and devoting it to talking with me about the important concept of gratitude. And before we dive into gratitude, as well as simple strategies that you can implement to have an overall better life with gratitude, I want to give you a quick update. And that is that we are going to be starting an eight-week break over the summer. I am thrilled because I get to work with the graduate students at Oregon State University in the education program, and I'm going to be teaching over summer term as well as I'm going to work on a new series of books that are focused on early childhood as well as a bilingual series of books that are going to be in English and Spanish. So I'm thrilled about these projects, but as I was reflecting last week on the importance of having your boundaries and having your priorities reflected in your schedule, it allowed me to reflect and think, you know what, I'm going to take a break from podcasting so I can really be present, so I can be there for my family and exercise and have all the things that are important to me, as well as show up for my students and write the books that I'm really excited about. So all that to say is we will be breaking and coming back in August, and I'm excited. I have a whole series of amazing guests who are going to be joining me on the podcast, and I cannot wait to share them with you. So In the meantime, I hope that you have an excellent summer, catch up on any episodes that you haven't listened to yet with the Positive Choices podcast, and let's dive into this week's topic. I want to begin with a story about when I was teaching kindergarten. It was the month of November, and I decided that I wanted to incorporate some gratitude practices, and it actually was inspired by a trip to Target, and I was in the dollar section and came across this beautiful banner that said, give thanks, and it had a tree on it, and the idea behind the activity was that you would take leaves and write something you're grateful for. And I thought this is perfect for my classroom. So I got it. I brought it to school one day and we sat in a circle as a class. And I talked about how for the month of November, we would take time at the end of the day and share things that we were thankful for. And we called it a thank you circle. So at the end of the day, we would all sit down and we would say thank you to each other or we would say things that we're thankful for. And I always began our thank you circles by starting with the talking stick and it changed every day. Most often it was our bear stuffed animal and we would pass it along around the group and each child would hold it and I would give them a thank you. So I would say, JT, thank you so much for opening the door today for everyone. I know that was your classroom job, and it really made it helpful for us to walk in and out of the room. Thank you. And then we'd pass it to the next student, and I'd say, oh, Graciela, thank you so much for your warm and beautiful smiles today. That really 
was so encouraging for me because there were some hard things about today. And every time I saw your smile, it brightened my day. So thank you. And so all the children were just, they were sitting on the edge of their seat. They could not wait to hear a thank you from me to them. And then after we went around um, with me giving my thank yous, then each child could share what they were thankful for. They could say a thank you to someone else. And it was really beautiful and sweet. And it was amazing how at the end of the day, it was typically a time where kids were pretty wiggly and we're trying to get our folders and our backpacks. And it was just kind of this transition that typically wasn't super, super smooth. And it was amazing when I implemented this thank you circle, all of a sudden kids were like, get in their backpack, lunchbox, in the in the bag, ready to go. They were sitting down and they could not wait to have our thank you time. So that was pretty awesome. And then we get through the month of November, we're now in December, and I took off the thank you circle from our schedule. And so every morning the kids would come into class, I'd go over our schedule for the day, and it was the first week of December and a student said, Mrs. Keeley, where's the thank you circle? And I said, oh, well, that was for November and now we're in December, so we're not going to have that on our schedule. And there was this audible sigh of, oh, no, we like the thank you circle. And it was so sweet. And I said, well, would you like us to continue doing that? And the class, it was a unanimous cheer of, yes, we want it. We want the thank you circle. So it was so sweet to see these five and six-year-olds really desiring to have this time to hold space for gratitude and to express gratitude. And I remember in December, there was a day where I had to call a parent and it was really hectic. And so I just said, okay, I'm going to put on a Go Noodle, which is a streaming service or a video service in which you can play different videos that have stretching or allows kids to get their energy out. They have different resources. So I said, okay, everyone, I'm going to turn on the go noodle. Once you get your backpack, you can sit at the carpet and, and do that exercise. And I had a student say, no, Mrs. Keeley, we want our thank you circle. And I said, oh, I can't do that because I need to make a phone call. And a student said, Mrs. Keeley, we can do it. We can do it by ourselves. And I said, okay. I gave the talking tool to someone and I watched as the class all sat down and they started this thank you circle. They were all focused, engaged, and they were so excited and present for this activity. And it really, man, it just made me so aware and so impressed by these children's thankfulness and their ability to focus in on this task and focus in on this time of expressing gratitude. And so ever since that day, it became very clear that they wanted that. And so we folded it into our routine every day. For most days, at least, we would have this thank you circle time. And it was really beautiful to see our class excited about this practice. And this just became part of our vernacular, part of our routine. And once I hopped into the coaching and training realm outside of the classroom, I continued on my webinars and workshops. And, you know, I really didn't give much thought to thank you circles or having gratitude routines until I came across a quote that my brother teaching first grade, he had it written on his whiteboard. And I I came into the classroom to bring something and I saw it written out And I just said, oh my gosh, I love this quote. And it instantly took me back to the classroom when I had my thank you circles. And the quote is from Anonymous and it goes, joy doesn't make us grateful. Gratitude makes us joyful. And this was so powerful to me because if we think about waiting around until we feel inspired to 
give gratitude based on our circumstances, based on feeling pure joy alone, that's not necessarily what's going to make us joyful. But rather, if we get practices of gratitude within our lives, we're going to drive joy and a sense of fulfillment in that practice. And so I remembered, thank you, Circles, I remembered this anonymous quote, and that made me dive into the research and think about what does the brain science say? What have we found in research? Is this actually true? Does gratitude make us joyful? And what I found was an overwhelmingly positive response of yes, gratitude enhances our lives in ways that I had no idea was possible. There is an excellent article by Harvard Medical School and the Harvard Health Publishing Department, and it's entitled, Giving Thanks Can Make You Happier. And this article has a synthesis of research that indicates in positive psychology that gratitude is strongly and consistently correlated with greater levels of happiness. Not only that, but they found gratitude in a variety of studies helps people feel more positive emotions. It improves health decreases stress and anxiety. It can build resilience and help people deal with adversity in more positive ways. It can strengthen relationships as well as improve one's sleep. Those people who are more grateful and spend more time focusing on gratitude are more likely to exercise and less likely to need medical interventions to deal with physical illnesses. And so it is incredible to see in the research that having gratitude and giving thanks can help you not only at a cognitive level, but a physiological level. You will be healthier or you're likely to be healthier and happier when you practice gratitude. One study that the article references is a study that was conducted by two psychologists, Dr. Robert Emmons from the University of California, Davis, and Dr. Michael McCullough from the University of Miami. And they did research on gratitude, and they asked participants to write a few sentences each week over the course of 10 weeks, focusing on different topics that had to do with gratitude that occurred during that week for them. They had another group that wrote about irritations they experienced or things that displeased them over the week, and they had a third group that wrote about things that had little to no emphasis on either being positive or negative. And what they found out of these three groups that after their 10-week study, those individuals who were in the cohort of writing about gratitude, they were more optimistic. They had general feelings of well-being in their lives. They felt better about their circumstances. And also, they were surprised to find that these people exercised more and had fewer visits to their physicians than those who were really focusing on ir irritations or, or agitations. So this was one study that was amazing. And then another study that came up was conducted by neuroscientist Glenn Fox from University of Southern California. And he was really looking at how gratitude manifests physically in the brain. So he did brain scans, fMRIs, and he found that at a neurological level, the brain changes when you're grateful. Those who are practicing gratitude actually had higher levels of oxytocin, and oxytocin is a hormone that acts as a neurotransmitter, and it plays an important role with social bonding and can increase feelings of closeness and connection. And so when you're grateful, oftentimes you experience higher levels of this important hormone in your brain. 
And there was actually another brain imaging study that came from Indiana University, and it also showed that those participants who had higher levels of gratefulness in their brain scans, these participants had more activity in the parts of the brain that deal with stress management as well as social bonding. So we know from the research that gratitude has a very positive effect on your mental, physical, and social health. So now that we know why it's important, let's talk about some practical things that you can do for yourself as well as things that you can do with children to increase levels of gratitude and live happier and healthier lives. Number one is to create a gratitude journal. Now, this is something that you can do personally, and you can also help your children by getting a fun journal, maybe at the store. I love to go to Target, any excuse. Find a fun journal and then pick a number. So maybe every day you want to write down three things that you're grateful for or five things you're grateful for. You could also have a young child draw a picture of what they're thankful for, and maybe they could just watch you write it out for them and they could have that experience and that exposure to making time to physically write out what you are thankful for. You might be thinking, oh, my life is so busy and this just feels like another task on my to-do list. Now, although we are very busy, just like making time for connection, like we've talked about before, making time for gratitude really is going to pay off and it really is going to have huge returns on your investments of time. And it's something that you could literally spend five minutes a day on or 15 minutes, however long you want to devote to making space and time to acknowledge the things in your life that you're grateful for. Tip number two is to verbally express your gratitude. And we know that children learn the best by having other people model a particular skill for them. And so to help our children get better expressing gratitude, we can model it for them. And it could sound something like, thank you so much for moving your shoes away from the front door. That makes it so much easier when we walk in and we're less likely to trip. Thank you for putting your shoes on the shoe rack. And although this might seem like something that doesn't need to be thanked because it's just an expectation, it is so helpful to get in the habit of expressing gratitude for the simple things. And also, I was doing research about gratitude and found something that actually does show up in the studies, and that is what gets recognized or what gets thanked gets repeated. And so when we thank someone for doing something, they are a lot more likely to do that thing again. And this is something that I tried out with my husband, Thomas. Now, I absolutely loved it when we first started dating. He would bring me flowers randomly. He would just show up and it was Happy Tuesday, here's a red rose. And it was so sweet. So I thought I would try this out, a scientific experiment. And he's now well aware of the fact that I'm trying these different things out. He never knows when it's something that's going to be incorporated in a podcast. He's very gracious with me. But I expressed to him, I said, you know, I was remembering a memory I had when I was in grad school and you came over and you just gave me some roses because you wanted to acknowledge how hard I was working and just express your love for me. And that was so special. And I thanked him for that. And he said, oh, thanks for saying that. That was special to me too. And then literally a few days later, he came home with an orange rose, a single rose. And I was like so amazed that by simply thanking him for this thing he did years ago, it inspired him and motivated him to bring a flower to me. And 
he told me that the flower he gave me actually came from one of the doctors at his work. He works at a surgery center and they always have extra flowers. Certain doctors provide flowers to their patients after a surgery, which by the way, that is so adorable, so sweet they do that. But they sometimes have extra flowers. So he grabbed one for me and brought it home, which was still very sweet. I told him he still gets full credit. So tip two is to express gratitude. And what you'll find is that what gets thanked or recognized will often get repeated. And it's such a different message. If you think about, you could say something to the effect of, gosh, you used to bring me flowers and you don't do that anymore. And what's wrong with our relationship? And I mean, you could have a negative tone, but if you instead choose to reflect and say, gosh, that was so meaningful to me. And I felt so loved when you used to do that. Thank you for all the times that you brought me flowers. That was really sweet of you. That's going to have a much better effect. And rather than someone going begrudgingly to the store and saying, here's your flower, you know, if they were given the messaging of you're not doing enough, they're going to have a different response if they're thanked for something that they used to do. And that might even inspire them to do that same thing again. Now, this is not manipulation, although one might think of it that way, but rather it's shifting our vernacular so that we're thanking other people. And whether or not they repeat that behavior, it's going to benefit you at a neurological and mental and physical way. And it's also going to make you feel happier and it's going to strengthen your relationships when you do that. For those people who faith is important to them, they might even pray and say a prayer, just being grateful and mindful of their blessings. I know this is something that I do. And if I'm really tired in the evening, it might, when I'm going to bed, it might sound like, thank you, God, for my food and my family and my friends. And then I crash out. But if I'm able to have that time where I'm journaling, not only is it I'm thankful for my friends in my life, but I frame it as thank you, God, for these amazing friendships that you've blessed me with. So it can sound different based on how you orient yourself, whether it includes faith or not, but regardless, making time to express and think about your gratitudes is really important. And finally, the third tip that we find in the research is that when you write a thank you note, or it could even be a thank you text, it actually is really important to your brain and it helps solidify the gratitude practices that make you healthier. And so I remember when I was younger and my mom would always encourage me to write thank you notes for my birthday. My birthday is in January and often I would find myself finally mailing out those thank you letters in March because it was something that I dreaded. I didn't want to sit down and write these thank yous. However, now that I understand the research, I'm so much more apt to take a note out of my little thank you card box that I have, write a quick thank you and then put it in the mail. And it's actually really fun. It feels like you're doing something from the past, like some old practice, like churning butter or something, actually writing out a letter and then putting it in the mailbox. Um, but that's something that you can do and you can help your children start to write thank you notes or your students. And this is going to be something that you could tell them, you know what, this is really going to help someone else feel really loved and special. And it's actually good for your brain. And I found that a really effective motivator for children is to tell them about how important different practices are for their brain, that it makes them healthier, it makes their brain stronger. And this is really, when we talk about the neuroscience behind different behaviors, this is one of the really 
um, effective motivators of the intrinsic motivation for children is when they know the physiological effects of their actions. And you might not think that this would be a strategy that would help young children, but I've worked with kids as young as three and four years old who are really excited about the fact that their brain changes. And of course, at younger ages, the the depth of their knowledge of their brain certainly isn't as cohesive or as deep as that of older children. But either way, regardless, it is something that's helpful for children. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Positive Choices podcast. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be taking an eight-week break, and we will see you again, or we'll speak with you again in August. And I can't wait to bring to you some amazing guests, as well as more content that will help you improve the way that you live, parent, and teach. I hope that you have a fabulous summer, and I will talk with you soon.